0: Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. portion of God's word that is the basis of our message this evening is our gospel reading for tonight. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Listen again to the uh, the first three verses of that text. Please rise as we hear these words. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee named Nazareth, To a virgin pledged in marriage to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. This is the text. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, these are your words. Make us holy through the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Throughout this season of Advent, we're focusing on the comings of our Lord. His first coming, obviously, that we celebrate at Christmas. And then also his second coming, when he is going to come back at the end of the world. And as we think about those comings, we may think of them as being somewhat distant. Think about Christ's second coming. When is that going to happen? Well, we don't know. No one knows. And yet we think of it, we we might tend to think of it as being quite far away. Oh, it's not going to happen in my lifetime. It's going to happen sometime after I die. That might be our thought. So it it seems like it's it's far off, far away from us. And think about Christ's first coming. Well, we know when that happened. And 2,000 years, well, that is a long time ago. We really don't have a way of, of imagining how long that period is. And so, even then, Christ's coming seems distant from us. Now, tonight we're concentrating on someone for whom Christ's first coming was very real Mary, the mother of Christ. When the angel Gabriel came to her home that day, he brought quite an announcement. An announcement that made the coming of Christ very real, very present, very tangible for Mary. The main part of Gabriel's message really concerned grace. So we can think about it this way, that this angelic announcement from Gabriel demonstrates God's grace. In grace, God chose Mary to be the mother of his Son. And that answers the question, why? Why did God choose Mary to be the mother of Jesus? It was simply by grace. God's grace, his undeserved love and mercy. God choosing Mary in grace is what made her special. She wasn't special in and of herself. She was this young woman, a virgin from the town of Nazareth, Nazareth didn't even have that great of a reputation at the time. If you'll remember back when Jesus' disciples first started becoming his disciples, his followers, remember Nathaniel? His friend Philip had come and told him, We found the Christ, and it's Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathaniel said, Can anything good come from Nazareth? And so Mary was really a nobody. Until God chose her to be a somebody, a very important somebody. Greetings, you who are highly favored, Gabriel told Mary. God didn't come to her and and show her his grace because of who she was. He simply wanted to. He blessed her. He showed her great favor and grace simply because he wanted to. You have found favor with God, Gabriel said. It wasn't because of anything Mary was or anything that she had done. This was simply God's grace in action. And that this is the case is evident from from Mary's reaction. She was afraid. Now, it's one thing to be in the presence of a holy being, but also the content of his message. Well, if Mary had been... Um, A little bit, let's say, full of herself. If she had thought too much of herself, well, maybe she would have reacted in a different way. Maybe she would have said, well, yeah, it's about time you showed up, Gabriel. I knew that I was destined for something great. But, of course, she didn't. She showed deep humility. She didn't think she deserved to be honored in such a way. And she didn't. But God chose Mary. Mary out of his grace. She didn't deserve to be Jesus' mother, but God wanted her to be. Now, paralleling that demonstration of grace is God's choice of us. What made us so special that God would choose us to be his people? Are we really wonderful, great people who deserve anything from God? Obviously not. The only thing that we deserve from God is punishment. Because we are conceived and born in sin, because we sin every day, we only deserve God's hellish wrath. But does God give that to us? No, he doesn't. We too have been chosen. We weren't chosen to be quite as special as Mary, at least in that way. But we were chosen in a special way Peter writes in his first letter that we have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God. In other words, in eternity, before time began, God chose us to be his own, to be his people. Why? Did God look forward in time and and see that someday we would just be amazing believers and, and choose us based on that? No. He simply chose us because He wanted to. In his grace, he chose us. Now, we've heard that perhaps so many times that maybe it's just become a little too commonplace for us, that we don't think of it as something that is very special. Maybe if we had had an angel come to us and and tell us how special we were, well, maybe then we would think of ourselves as special people. But we do have God coming to us. God comes to us in his word, in the Bible. He comes to us in baptism, in the Lord's Supper. And that presence with us, that message to us, is just as real as him sending an angel to talk to us. So that angelic announcement to the Virgin Mary demonstrated God's grace. It also demonstrated God's grace in that God fulfilled his promise to send a Savior, to send a king. In Mary's day, people were waiting. They were waiting for the fulfillment of that promise, the promise that had been made first off in the garden by God. And they were waiting for the fulfillment of that because God promised to send someone who was going to rescue mankind from sin, from death, from the devil. And so when Gabriel told Mary about this miraculous baby that she was supposed to have, she knew exactly whom he was talking about. First off, there was the fact that she was a virgin. What did God say through the prophet Isaiah? He said that this will be the sign to you. A virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. Mary definitely fit the bill. And then there were the things Gabriel said about this special child. You are to name him Jesus. In Hebrew, the name Jesus is Yeshua. And Yeshua translates to the Lord saves, Yahweh saves. And that's exactly what God promised to do through his Messiah, through the promised Savior, to save mankind. Gabriel said he will be called Son of the Most High. The Most High was another way used in the Old Testament to refer to God. And so who else would the Savior be but God's very own Son? The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, Gabriel said. It was promised that the Messiah would come through David's line and that he would be a king that would be even greater than David. And that's shown by what Gabriel said next. He will reign over the house of Jacob, God's people, forever, and his kingdom will never end. Now, did Mary get it? Did she know? Did she understand about whom Gabriel spoke? Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? Note that she didn't ask, What are you talking about, Gabriel? Who is this, this uh Uh, Jesus that you're talking about, this son of David that's going to have the throne of David. What is all that about? She didn't ask that. She knew that Gabriel was telling her that she, a virgin, was going to be the mother of the Messiah, the mother of the Savior, and that she was going to play then a key role in the fulfillment of that promise. And this fulfillment came in spite of, of the beneficiaries of that promise. Israel, God's chosen people, were they always faithful? Were they worthy to receive the fulfillment of this promise that had been made so long ago? Israel who time after time turned their backs on God to chase after gods of their own choosing. Israel who was hauled off into exile for disobeying God Israel, who rejected God, were they worthy? Well, you know, I could be talking about some other people there, too. I could be talking about us. God fulfilled his promise to send a Savior in spite of our shortcomings also. We're definitely not always faithful to God. We chase after gods of our own making We haven't made it to our promised land of heaven. We reject God also, especially if we fail to worship him properly. And yet God kept his promise out of his grace. We didn't deserve it, but God fulfilled that promise anyway. He sent Jesus to live and to die and to rise for us. He sent Jesus to be our substitute. The one who did everything that we can't. The one whose work gives us everlasting life in the promised land of heaven. Now Mary knew what Gabriel was talking about. Just as much as when we are talking about the Savior, we know who he is. We know what he came to do. The promise that was first made in the garden, that's a promise that in his grace God chose Mary to be a part of. When someone makes a promise to you, do you believe it? Well, I suppose it depends on how trustworthy that person is. If this is someone who has made promises to you before and then backed out or just never came through on those promises, well, then you might not trust him. And, of course, if the promise deals with something that sounds impossible, well, then it might even be harder to believe. So what led Mary to believe God's promise to send a savior through her? Wasn't it simply too impossible to believe? Well, the final way that Gabriel's announcement demonstrates God's grace is that God led Mary to believe this promise by faith. Remember what it was that Mary questioned when Gabriel had spoke to her telling her she's going to be the God-bearer. She says, how will this be, since I am a virgin? Again, she didn't question the fact of what Gabriel was saying, that he was talking about the coming Messiah. Rather, she was simply trying to figure out how she, a virgin, was going to have a baby. It sounded impossible. And so her question was, was pretty understandable. I suppose she was okay in having a little bit of confusion at that point, but that was answered by Gabriel right away. He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. In other words, the child was going to be conceived by the Holy Spirit. And Gabriel gave Mary as further evidence that miraculous births were not out of the question when he told her about her relative Elizabeth. Elizabeth, who was barren, considered barren, was going to have a child. And Mary, by God's grace, responded in faith. I am the Lord's servant. May it happen to me as you have said. What faith that was, what trust. And who else but God could have led her to have that kind of faith, to believe such an amazing promise. It didn't make any sense logically. And so Mary had to take it on faith, as Gabriel said, for nothing will be impossible with God. And that same grace of God leads us to believe that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, as we confess in the Creed. That this was a miracle is indisputable. But how do we make sense of it? Well, we don't. You see, that's just the point. If we try to make sense of this miracle, we're going to be frustrated because it defies any logical explanation. But God's grace leads us to believe it. God's grace leads us to consider the virgin birth of Jesus and simply accept it. Which is the same case for how we believe in the miracle of Jesus being our Savior. Think about that for a moment. Does it make sense to you that someone would take God's eternal punishment for you? That he would live a perfect life in your place and die an innocent death in your place? That he would rise from the dead and tell you that he was going to raise you from the dead also? Does any of that make sense? Well, if not, why do you believe it? Well, we believe it by faith. Faith that is worked in us by grace. We know those familiar words of Paul in Ephesians 2. It is by grace you are saved through faith. It was not your own doing. It is God's gift. It is not the result of anything you have done, so no one may boast. You trust in Jesus for your eternal salvation. Not because your mind comprehends everything that he has done, but because faith, trust, has been worked in you. It is all by grace. By grace. Mary had to have been thinking about God's grace when the angel Gabriel appeared to her. What choice did she have? None of it made sense, logically. She could only accept what Gabriel was saying by faith. By trusting that God knew what he was doing and that God's grace worked that trust in her. And the same grace has produced the same effect in you. You know, it's pretty fortunate that that many of us were brought to faith initially when we were baptized as little babies. Little babies don't question that Jesus is the Savior, that he is our Savior. Hold on to that childlike faith. By God's grace, he will continue to work that faith, to strengthen that faith in you. Amen.